You're listening to Modded. Today's guest, we have Patrick Campbell, who is big into the Houston car modifying scene. He's a Houston native. So where did it all start for you is kind of what I wanted to know. Because I I just met you through the meets. Like, we saw each other. And we even saw each other in Austin one time and didn't really get to talk to one another. Yeah, and that yeah, yeah. Coffee. yeah. But where did it all begin for you? Um, I think I was maybe in middle school. A lot of my older cousins and someone now who is now my brother-in-law, He's he was really good friends with my cousins. They... They were heavy in the car scene um, in Houston back in the day. They um, they used to race up and down Westheimer and hang out at Sonic. Um, um, so you know, I was always around my older cousin who would bring his Prelude around, you know, and I'd always see that and think it was so cool. So it was only a matter of time. By the time I, you know, I mean, I wanted to modify cars in high school, but I never really had my own car to modify. I was driving. Um, my family's Toyota Sienna because they knew if they gave me a car, they knew what I'd do to it. So eventually, not until, you know, right when I got out of college, I got a, my hands on a 2002 Jetta. And that's when I started, you know, messing with that. And then eventually I moved from that to um, 328. I forgot what year that was. Um, E90 328. And then that actually, uh, that's a long story in itself, but I eventually ended up with uh, the FRS that I have now. I remember hearing from my buddy in Austin, Lino drives that silver FD, about the scene in Houston and racing on Westheimer. Yeah. That was like the thing back in the yeah, day. Yeah, man. That was like a, the epitome of the movie Fast and the Furious. Like, it was like before that Fast and the Furious movie even came out, that was like, I never went personally, but I heard all the stories from my cousins and, you know, all my family members. Like, my older sister used to hang out there too. It was just like, that was, it was pretty heavy in, on Westheimer. And yeah. um, eventually, I don't know if you heard the big bust that happened at Kmart when they, they arrested like... No, I they, they, they put a bunch of, um, I'm trying to remember how many, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume over 100 teenagers. Just imagine uh, over 100 teenagers in zip ties and, and the police department got uh, in big trouble for it because they had no... I guess no jurisdiction. They probably had jurisdiction, but they had no right to come in there and just zip tie a bunch of kids that were just hanging out um, at Sonic in, in front of Kmart. It's right there off of Dunvale. That's where I used to hang out. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I guess the scene kind of—I wouldn't say died, but wasn't as big with you know street racing and stuff. They probably just went elsewhere. Well, that's not so much about street racing now as it is just about modifying. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Houston seems to be like you know everybody who's mm-hmm. modifying a car. We're all going to the same events. Mm-hmm. So why do you think, other than that that big bus, like why do you think that it's changed? Because it was heavy into the racing. It was more back in public, the day. I think, back in the day, and I can only imagine how public it would be if back in the day they had like Instagram and social media like that. I'm pretty sure it'd be even bigger than what it was back then. Now I think it's still Texas. I think Texas alone is still more about heavy there's just different scenes there's the the modding scene for aesthetics and you know i mean obviously still modify your engine but they we still i think houston still has ties to big power big numbers and drag racing and stuff like that it's just not as public so i'm not sure if it really has changed but i think the import 
car show scene is bigger than, or I guess it's more separate from the underground street racing scene. How do you think that Instagram has affected car modifying and what we do now? I think there's there's always positives and negatives that come with blowing something out of proportion. I think Instagram um, gives the opportunity to the people who don't know much about modifying vehicles. It gives them a platform to start with. Because um, I know back in the day, the only way I knew how to modify something is if I go and look at someone's car like in person. Like if I see, I was like, damn, I want to do that. How do I do that? You know, I have to scour the internet on forums or just look you can't even just you don't even know what you just saw you have to type things into google and query to see to find if you could just figure out what you just saw but now on instagram you can just type in the hashtag and see it it's not necessarily a bad thing but obviously you'll have those people who are just gonna blatantly it's kind of a compliment but at the same time it's kind of like they'll build their car just to look exactly like yours i guess the person can take it to where they can take it as a compliment or they can be offended. Me personally, I could care less as long as my car brings me happiness. But um, I can see why people see it as a negative thing. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just however you want to take it, just like anything in life, man. Do you remember, I guess even I remember when I was looking at modified cars back where I grew up, you had to, like you said, you had to look at them in person, but then you talk to the owner, and a lot of the times the owner is not going to give you the information that <laughs> you were, like, there. They just don't want to tell you anything. And of course, yeah. they could keep it all to themselves, and you yeah. wouldn't know. You wouldn't be any the wiser. Yeah. I mean, it, even because even if they did tell you, 80% of the chance you wouldn't have understood them, just because I know, for, for me personally, I would see, you know, some homies' cars, and I asked them, like, yo, how, what is that? What is that? They'd tell me, and I'm like, dang, that's cool. But the words that they were saying didn't really correlate with in my head. Like, cause I didn't, you, you know, when you're first in getting into cars, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like if my friend told me, yo, my, it's my Honda Civic slammed on KW coilovers with BBS RS wheels. I'm like, what is BBS RS wheels? What is yeah. KW coilovers versus, you know, springs? Like you don't know until you know. Um, I think that's, I think that's a plus for social media now because kids can learn. But it's also a negative because they're quick to jump and just throw stuff on their car. Because you could take a stock car and learn it to the max before throwing suspension and all that stuff on it. I mean, because if you start throwing all that stuff on it, you don't even know what your car was to begin with. So I, I guess there's a positive and negative to it. So you, you think that people don't really value the car as it is to exactly. begin with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I remember getting my, my Jetta and loving, for, loving it for what it was. And then slowly learning, you know, about suspension. I mean, albeit I threw some cheap-ass Raceland suspension on there, but I knew about my car before I started messing with it. And I think as each car that I've messed with and progressed, the more I've learned, like, that I'm not even sure I lowered my car correctly on those Raceland coilovers. I'm pretty sure I messed with the preload and it was riding like shit (laughs) versus lowering it the correct way on the coilovers. And then my 328... Uh, that was that was a whole mess to begin with, but and now my FRS it's like you go through stages, you know, you you learn as time goes on. But I feel like it's easier for kids to learn nowadays, but it's also easier for them to rush and 
jump to the wrong conclusions when building your car. Have you seen now more than it? Because there's some things that I've noticed. People will go full out and make what they, they call like a build of just bolt-ons and mm-hmm. bolt-on wide body kit. And then they go and they sell it as if there's no sort of attachment to it. Because you're talking about you understand and you love what the car is before you go ahead and change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, uh, I've actually had personal conversations with my friends about that, about, I guess you could call them Instagram builds, where they, honestly, I don't even know how sometimes these people get money to throw into these builds. I'm assuming they get sponsorships and what have you through social media, you know, and, you know, eventually they come out with this full-on build. If I mean, sometimes they don't even have engine modifications, just you know, a wide body kit, air ba- uh, bags, and wheels, um, and then they flip them. You know. Yeah. So I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of just like sometimes you assume that they build it for the attention, or just so that they get attention and then you make some money off of it. I mean, my opinion on that is I really. Like I said, I could care less as long as it doesn't affect me, um, me and my my friends, you know, because we build for different reasons, you know. Um, some people build to make money, you know, to flip the car. I don't know what their means are, so yeah, can't really judge them. I understand that where like it doesn't affect you, but there's something about it that you don't know. It annoys you, like it, it, it does. It's something like yeah, because I mean, because personally, because you look at your what you've done with your vehicle and mm-hmm. and what building a vehicle means to you, it kind of feels disrespectful at times like oh he's just in it for you know the the likes and the and the money you know or mm-hmm. just popularity to begin with um you know i'm not going to mention any names but like you know like those specific youtubers who are out there putting stuff together just to get their name out there but i can't blame them because that's their full seller that's their job so i'm not out here building a car as my job mm-hmm. i'm building it because it makes me happy because I can hop in my car on a random Friday night when I just want to get out of the apartment and hit the you know the highway. I'm sure he doesn't look at it the same. That person wants to build a car so he can get 5,000 likes on YouTube and get paid. It's a business, right? It's their yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen, and I'll tell you sort of, like when I was first getting into it, I remember a car, specifically like my model, and mm-hmm. it was built for Weekfest. Mm-hmm. And immediately after Weekfest, and it was probably one more show before everything uh, went and got torn down. Every last bit of that car. I mean, uh-huh. that car just like, it came out of nowhere and photos of it went all mm-hmm. over the place. And then right after Weekfest, Los Angeles, car was never to be seen for it. Sold it, parts, everything, wow. like completely. So people are building it. And then you go and you see the car mm-hmm. that they bought afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's not like they upgraded or did anything. It's mm-hmm. just like a regular daily driver that now they have <laughs> so they built like this huge following on instagram like 30 yeah. 40,000 followers and then all of a sudden that all goes away i mean just because i'm not a fabricator or a builder you know on a daily basis maybe i guess i can assume that maybe he they just enjoyed the build process and someone offered them some crazy amount of money i mean you can also say that he just did it for the for the gram you never know you know so your FRS, as it is right now, and I know you're in the you're in the process of changing it. But if uh, if you were going to sell it, would you sell it for a certain amount of money? Uh, so 
I think it would be hard for me to. Um, it would have to be a good amount of money that most people wouldn't consider paying for an FRS, you know, like, because I have a personal attachment to it just because I would say close to 88% of that work on that car has been done by myself, my brother-in-law, and the close friends, you know, that we've done together, because whatever work's done to that car, I've done, my hands have been put in on it, minus the paint and the body work, you know, so I'm like, I can't just up and sell it, because, you know, I've not only have I dumped a questionable amount of money into it myself, but it has, you know, it has personal meaning to me, you know. Um, I also, it's, it's also going through identity change as we speak because formerly I used to call my car um, Elsa after the, the movie Frozen, No Homo, because of the color of the car. But... Um, I love the color too. I remember yeah. seeing your car, and then they had like the the black chrome. Well, they didn't have a two yeah, or three. Yeah, they had SBC uh, Inky RPF ones. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, I still yeah. have because yeah. those are my favorite wheels of all time. Man. Yeah, but I'm just gonna change the name of the car to uh, Luna, which is the name of my cat, which I told you is going yeah. through some health issues right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, so I don't think I could ever sell it for a used FRS price. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but everything has its. Everything has its price. You'd be stupid to not say that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, just like the the other day when we were at a local meet, and this is a story that I that I put up on Instagram. But some guy in this old beat up Mercedes S class mm-hmm. came rolling up on oh, us. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he rolled up, and it looked like he had a mechanic shirt on, just mm-hmm. like whatever. It looked exactly like he worked at I don't know some just whatever tire shop. <laughs> and uh scraggly looking dude sweating he had a diamond tattoo right on the top left right here on his forehead right top left and he rolls up and he talks to uh joseph yeah joseph she and he's like whose car is that and joseph's like yeah it's my car man it's like yeah it's a nice car man i like that a lot i'll give you uh i'll want to buy that car right now and he's like sorry man it's not for sale I was like i'll give you 80 grand cash 80 grand cash and I was like, that guy does not look like a person who has 80 grand, <laughs> let alone a five grand yeah, on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it was it was a weird situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Was he in his car still? Oh, yeah. He he like was talking to us. No, Joseph wasn't in his car, but that guy was talking to us from his from Mercedes. His car. Yeah, from yeah. his car with the window rolled down. What like, was yeah. Joseph's reaction? We were all scared. and stuff. We were just like, <laughs> who is this guy rolling up yeah, on us? Because yeah, like, yeah. it was weird. He was rolling up slowly and rolls his window down. We thought something... I yeah, mean, what, yeah. what could it's anything could happen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And Joseph was just like, "Sorry, it's not for sale." Then he tells him the price, and cash. He's like, "Still, man, I, I just want to sell it." And of course, like any, I mean, at least like any stock NSX is not going to be sold for yeah, that 80, much. 80, yeah, 80, but yeah. he's he straight out said it's not. I'm not going to yeah get let it go for eighty grand cash. So it means something. Right? Yeah. And I think that it's one of the reasons why things like people building for a show or for instagram it's why it bugs us because you have an an emotional attachment to your car Mm -hmm. i have an emotional attachment Mm -hmm. to mine it means something and for someone to be able to just not have that it seems like it seems like they're not part of the same thing that we're doing yeah so that's the thing that's like i said there's different you say car scene but i think there's different sections of a car scene you know you have you have those everyday people who, you know, work on cars every day and they probably 
do it as work and they might have a little you know project car on the side then you have people who like us you know we we take out a time of our day it's not our job to work on our own car and build it to something that we want then you have the other people who you know have extravagant amount of money who just dump it into a car and flip it to sell it down the road you know it's just i guess it's just different builders if you will yeah we were talking about it earlier but why why do it at all like why do you do it i mean that's just society man society you can't yeah i don't me personally i don't question society i know there's dumb people smart people crazy people i've 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 given up on questioning society. I just know what I do and what I can do in my own power and my own car and the friends around who the people who I surround myself with. So that's just how I go about it. It is annoying though, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you want to modify the FRS? Oh man, I knew off the bat just because, um, like I said, I went from the Jetta to the Beamer. Beamer was a headache. So Beamer took me two days alone to swap the suspension on that E90 just because it was. I mean, I, maybe I didn't know what I was doing, but German cars are terrible, in my opinion. And they're so hard to work on, working on the Jetta and the E90. So I knew I wanted something Japanese, and I wanted a standard. Uh, I rode in my friends, uh, actually the owner of Breaking Bow. Shout out to Breaking Bow. He, uh, he had an FRS at the time, and um, I got to ride it, and I was like, damn, this is pretty dope. Like... I like the no frills, like just driver car. Mm-hmm. And I kept watching videos on YouTube about the platform. And I'm just like, man, I need this car. So first thing I did was trying to figure out how I could trade in my BMW at the time that was lit up like a Christmas tree on the dash. I was like, I don't care what I got to do. I'm getting rid of this car. Eventually, I found the FRS. I was looking for a white one. But I ended up with the 10 Series Edition. That's why I have that color comes with other little knickknacks like a the glow up emblem and other stuff on the inside um i hated the color at the time by the way but i ended up with that and i already knew off the bat i told myself i was gonna wait a year until i modified it maybe a couple months later i was under underneath putting an exhaust on it and all that other stuff and you know how that goes (laughs) i told well i remember getting my first exhaust because now i just got a, a second one for like after five years, I got a second mm-hmm. exhaust. But I got the exhaust, and I was like, this is a stupid amount of money. I cannot believe I'm paying, I think it was like $700. Yeah, I was like, which is little now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like nothing. But I, at the time, I was like, 700, yeah, yeah. 700 is so crazy. And just like you, when I first bought the WRX, that thing was stock for a week and a half, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I put mud flaps on it. That was like the first thing I did. <laughs> Which is like, it's like stupid, but I think like my, my girlfriend at the time, she got me those mud flaps. Yeah. The first thing that I Oh, if your girl buys it, you got to put it on. Oh yeah, for it. sure. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But yeah, I didn't, and it wasn't even like it hit me hard then. It was just like a thing too. Cause I, I yeah. remember it was still painful to put on the exhaust and spend that much money on the exhaust. And I, and I said this out loud to everybody I knew, I am not going to get wheels. No yeah. way. It looks like it's dumb to put the, different wheels. The more I'll, you say no, the more it's going to happen. Oh, man. yeah. I mean, I've had my FRS since 2013, and you know I've done pretty much every bolt-on thing you can do besides a wide-body and force deduction. And um, like I told you all earlier, now, right now it's with um, Andy soon, and we're turbocharging it. Um, but I said I would never ever force go force induction like but here i am you know 
we're in 2018 five years later i'm like it's like the last piece mm-hmm. you know well force induction too is some uh some feedback i got force induction being uh turbo kit that you yeah. want to throw on there right because uh, I, I would want it to uh at least for the podcast the people to expand their knowledge of what car modifying is and so mm-hmm. i think a lot of times just like when we were growing up and getting into car modifying people were throwing around all these words I know oh yeah, here, yeah right? so sure. explaining a little bit you know for, <laughs> yeah. the, for the average listener but that since you've since you've done like you said like 88 percent of the work you've done a lot of the work on the car mm-hmm. what has been some of the most difficult to do um so that was the main reason why i went the pl- with that platform just because I knew that it was like more of a tuner car, you know, it's like when you look at an FRS, everyone sees it as a racer boy car, like the company, they made it so easy to work on that car. Um, like I told you, I came from the E9 BMW platform. That was so hard to work on that. Everything I've done to this car seems relatively easy. Like from the suspension, like it was, it, everything just is where it needs to be like the bolts are easily coming off i guess but if you were to say the hardest thing you could here you go so this is one thing that one of the few things i haven't done to the car myself and i brought it to doughboy's garage just because i didn't want to deal with it it's gonna be the funniest thing spark plugs so on that engine it's a boxer engine so the spark plugs just aren't on top they're on the side Mm -hmm. i looked up do it yourselves all over the forum i looked up like just youtube it's like man i don't want i could do it but do i want to deal with this shit in an apartment garage mm-hmm. no, or with no. my brother-in-law who i usually do the work with it's like so typically you just have to unbolt you know an engine bolt on the bottom and, and tilt the engine up but number one i don't have i could source the tools but i didn't have it and i didn't want to end up breaking a plug while it was in there so i just brought it to doughboy doughboy you know shout out to doughboy he just turned around in a day which is pretty easy because yeah. he knew what he was doing yeah um but i would say changing spark plugs on that car is probably the most difficult thing i was in that same situation and <laughs> now that i'm in a, in a complex you can do a whole lot in an apartment complex garage oh yeah, Just, you yeah, can. yeah, yeah. i've done oh, everything yeah. yeah they at my old complex they knew me as that car guy they would people would just stop by and i'd be under the car and in the garage in the middle of houston summer which mm-hmm. is hot and they're just like back at it again. I'm like, yep, yep, yeah. Same thing happened. We were changing out the exhaust, and my neighbor rolled around. Yeah, they're just like, it. yeah, they're they're getting used to. It. But the thing I do now is I drive to the top floor where there's a little bit more ventilation. Oh yeah, it's for open. sure. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if I was in my floor, oh, yeah, it's like easily ten degrees hotter yeah, and no circulation. Yeah. yeah, and then um, you'll also have those people who know it's your car, and uh, I've actually had people here at this complex message me on Instagram and be like, hey. Uh, I think someone's trying to mess with your car in the middle at like 2 a.m. Because so people look out for your car, you know, you work yeah. on it enough. And then I've actually like sprinted up there just to make sure my car was okay. Were they doing anything when they visited um, you? He said it was just some shady guy sitting in the Dodge Ram looking at my car for the mm. longest. And then eventually when I walked up there, he left. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I worry about that. But I remember you saying that like there's some things that you just don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like... I've helped out my friend change a downpipe, mm-hmm. and before I did that, um, I took it to a shop to have him change it because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to work on it in Houston summer. Yeah, there's some things downpipe. you don't want to do, man. No but, way. Yeah. But sure, I helped out my friend Emilio change out his downpipe, uh-huh. and that was a pain. But we got that done. But what took longer than changing out that downpipe was putting the damn intercooler back on the damn yeah. intercooler. Dude, I was like, all right, last thing we got to do is put the intercooler back on 20 minutes, four hours later. 
Wow. Four hours later. What took so long? Just taking out the bumper? Lining it? it up. Oh. And then oh, gotcha. we stripped the bolt. Oh, yeah. Strip. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, working on your own car, that's... It says it's going to take 45 minutes, but you got to... I mean, I guess if you're just starting out, it something always goes wrong. But the more you work on cars, the more things you learn, like little tricks, like... Mm-hmm. Like not to drop bolts where where you're gonna have a hard time getting them, or just like working in a space where you know you'll be able to find things. Yeah. Yeah. Or not breaking things. I'm, I've been known to break a lot of bolts. <laughs> yeah, that intercooler and WRXs are known for having a really flimsy hose going mm-hmm. to the throttle body, mm-hmm. and so we, we we could get it lined up, but as soon as like we put it in, that hose, yeah, it would come yeah. out, and that hose was just like is the most flexible thing, it would Damn. just pop off. And even on the drive home, it ended up popping, Damn. yeah, popping off. So he had to get a replacement. But you've done a lot to the car now. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been ripped off by anybody, as far as like trying to get some parts? Getting parts, that's that's another thing. So this car has blessed me. It's been through a lot, but it's also blessed me. Most, I'm not going to lie to you, most of the parts on my car have been um, secondhand, and I've always found some crazy deals. Like, I've never rushed. I mean, I guess you could say I moved fast on the car and, like, modifying it, but I never rushed into certain parts. I always came across someone who was selling something secondhand, and I call that car, my car, the deal car, just because most things I've gotten have been on a deal, just like my uh, my turbo kit that I got. I got that on a deal, which I wasn't, I wasn't going to turbo like I always said, but I was like, damn, that's a nice deal. Turns out I, it said used on eBay, but it was coming directly from the manufacturer. I contacted them, asked him what was used about the kit. He was straight up with me. He's like, look, I just said it was used because... Um, of pricing purposes something about ebay doesn't allow them to sell at a certain rate or whatever unless it's used Mm -hmm. um i don't know if maybe that's written in their manufacturer contract or whatever so it turns out the kit's brand new it's just like everything i've gotten from that car has been the deal so i haven't necessarily gotten ripped off now i can tell you shopping out around different shops in houston trying to get the kit put on and some of the quotes I've been given for tuning and and just work, yeah, they they try and rip you a new one, but that's where doing the work yourself or with a friend comes in handy. Well, there are shops here in Houston. I know for sure their name carries with it a price tag. Yeah, just yeah, just like for sure. man, but a ridiculous one. Like, and I think it's because the general public does not know what you should be paying for that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So because they know someone else is going to come in there and pay for it, mm-hmm. they expect you to, which I can't blame them because they, at the end of the day, they have to keep the lights on. That's where it comes in handy to make friends in the car scene. Um, so that way, you know, you, you know you can do most of the work yourself if you have the right tools and the right friends, you know? Yeah, but then it's, it's good with us that we have our friends that we can turn to, especially... Mm-hmm. My buddy who's a mechanic at a Subaru dealership, certified mm-hmm. Subaru mechanic, but the general public gets ripped off a lot. Yeah, for unaware, sure. So you know? a lot of a lot of my coworkers always, you know, talk to me because they know I'm so heavy into cars. They'll always ask me, hey, man, so am I paying the right price? Because mm, I would say 98% of, okay, maybe nine, 90% of the time, uh, regular consumers are going to get ripped off at any car place that they go to just because it's, it's something that's so technical it's easy to rip someone off on yeah like uh i'll give you an example my because you've you've gotten quotes for that turbo kit mm-hmm. but just paint and body work 
that's another thing that can go sky mm -hmm. high. I asked for a quote on clear coating mm -hmm. my carbon fiber roof. Mm -hmm. and the Just I, a clear coat? Just a clear coat, man. That is it. <laughs> and I know that is not hard because yeah. it is. it already had a gel coat. It, yeah. it was flawless. Yeah. All I needed was clear. That was it. One shop quoted me $650. Jeez. And at the end of the day, when I got it done. Where was the majority of the money going to? Pulling it off? No, this was, so it's a shell. Uh -huh. And it's off the car completely. Oh, you took it off too. No, 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 no. This was before I put it on. Oh, okay. So I was like, I'm going to get it clear coated before the install is mm -hmm. fully complete. So all they had to do was clear it. That. I, was, I was delivering it to them. Yeah. Everything just was lay like, the clear yeah, out, basically. just lay the clear. That's all I had to do. Well, Should scuff it up and lay the clear. That's it. Right? Yeah. 650 bucks. Honestly, if I, I'm not a paint guy, but. From from my knowledge, that should be like three hundred, three fifty bucks. I, at the yeah. end of it, I spent one hundred twenty five dollars. Wow, that was it. Wow. So I don't understand, and that and that was the cheapest, one of the cheaper quotes that I got. Another one was like you said, three hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. So where does that six hundred come in? So you know my advice mean? to the people who are starting to modify vehicles, um, and if you're not going to do the work yourself and you're going to shop around, shop around like you. There is countless of shops in houston countless of body shops like there's the shops that aren't well known but it doesn't mean that they don't do good work you if they could show you some of their work and the price is right go with that versus you know a big name shop that's gonna mm -hmm. charge you i mean obviously if you have the money and you know they're gonna do good work that's fine but if you want to save a dollar you know call around it doesn't hurt to call around and ask to see people's work and ask for a decent price I think another thing I've learned too is that those shops aren't always going to look the nicest. Like mm -hmm. it's not going to be the nicest mm -hmm. space, but they're going to do some of the best yeah, work. Yeah, just because their shop isn't nice doesn't mean the work isn't. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the times that nice shop will also come with the price tag. Yeah, too. exactly. Because yeah. they have to maintain their shop, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. But one thing that um, we were talking about earlier is, is the racing scene that was in Houston before i mean before it's become what it is now mm -hmm. and you said that your your brother-in-law was big into that so describe what that i mean what what you've heard from that before uh my brother-in-law chris montano aka lucky at nsx so he used to have he had a da integra he had um, a cord um, my cousin who he was really good friends with um had a prelude and they from all the stories they told me they were really heavy into the street racing scene in houston back in i want to say early 2000s um late 90s i guess um out on westheimer by dunvale you know that was a really big thing and they would you know i guess race out near beltway and um i've heard stories out by britmore and you know just they had certain spots um obviously that I guess it kind of died down once the HPD did. I'm not even sure if it was HPD or a higher, a higher level over HPD that, that had a crackdown one night, one weekend, and arrested over like a hundred teams, put them in zip ties, and I guess that put a, kind of put a damper on the whole scene. But obviously the scene's still going, just not as you know relevant. Now bring that up because. There has been a big issue now in California, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've seen a lot of the stuff that's going around Facebook. Uh, David and I were talking about earlier. I, I've seen a couple of videos of just people 
on the highway doing donuts. I don't think, from the stories that I've heard, it wasn't that type of scene. It was more of a, you know, I mean, people were all bringing full-on race cars, from what I heard, from like, that you typically see out on Baytown. They were bringing them to Westheimer and doing runs, but they weren't doing like, from what I know, they weren't doing like donuts stopping traffic. They were obviously still dangerous doing, you know, light-to-light runs on Westheimer, but um, I think what's happening in Cali's is different, you know. Like I told David, with just like with anything, you're gonna have people who take it to another level, do crazy stuff, you know. Um, I, I and I, I don't necessarily think that they're. You could classify them as the car scene. I think you give them any car, you give them anything with wheels and an engine, they're gonna do donuts in it, you know. Um, obviously, you'll have those few people who do have a modified car who are going to do it. But in those videos, I've seen, like, random cars doing donuts, you know? That's true. It's not it's, – it's a big topic, and it's not always kids that are doing it. And mm-hmm. we know that it's not kids. It's it's old, grown, grown people. Yeah, there's grown people, yeah, there's for grown people. sure. Because yeah. it just happened recently at a Cars and Coffee, not, not the Houston one, but around uh, the Town Lake Cars and Coffee – there was a guy in an old Bel Air, fully restored, spent a lot of money probably on that restoration because mm-hmm. it looked really nice, and he was an older guy. And everyone knows not to do burnouts, not to peel out, mm-hmm. but this guy couldn't resist him. He was trying to <laughs> peel out of that small little parking lot, and he he was accelerating through the turn. And in he Cyprus? Clipped, uh, yeah, it's in the Cyprus oh, area. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went out, and he clipped the curb, and the car ended up sideways when completely. Was- when was this? It was like a month ago. Oh, just I didn't a month know that. ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's always going to be there's always going to be that one guy, especially with um social media how it is like they know if someone's watching, someone's recording and it'll get put up on social media, but I I feel like you can't you can't control every idiot. It, it sucks, but that's just the way it is now, man. Yeah. Um I don't I don't con- like it's just I don't know what to, I honestly have no words for it. Yeah, but yeah. my concern is that it, we're all going to get wrapped up into it because the car is going to be an easy enough attention getter. I think I think in a state like California for sure, I think they're they're going to feel the heat more than anything. But I think in a state like Texas where I mean they might we might get wrapped up in it, but I don't think as hard as in another state like California. At least I hope I hope so too, but California has always been like the car modifying capital, right? Yeah, it has, it has. But they're they're like super strict. You can't everything has to be carb certified there. Like all their modifications are super expensive just because they have to go the extra mile to make sure mm-hmm. it's I guess legal over there, you know. I just worry about that kind of thing spreading in and I know that we're in Texas and like stuff seems yeah. to run a little bit looser, especially when you have things like Texas 2K and, and diesel trucks and everywhere. Diesel trucks, yeah, right? Yeah. And cars running over a thousand horsepower, yeah. like anywhere. You'll see a car running over a thousand horsepower yeah. easily, right? Yeah. And shops that are known for building these mm-hmm. thousand horsepower plus vehicles. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with social media, you start to find out about people doing stupid stuff where it wasn't just like two or three weeks ago where there was that meet around uh, Bicycle World and a kid was driving like a 240. David was telling me about that. I didn't yeah. even know about that. Yeah, it got well. I found out about it on on our group chat that we have between mm-hmm. me and my friends. And you see a kid, and then another guy in a Challenger, and they're doing donuts at the same time. They end up like 
like front-ending one another and front-end collision. The guy and the Challenger or Charger, I forget what it was, he just drives off. And so now you have this kid <laughs> with a busted car, mm-hmm. you know, and you sort of feel bad for the kid, but you, you definitely, like, you look, take a step back and you look at it, and you don't feel bad because, you know, what he was doing was stupid. He's yeah. in front of a bunch of people. Like, yeah, yeah. The car got messed up, but someone else could have got messed up too. Yeah, yeah. And that's, it's like, it's reminiscent of what was or what happened uh, after the Golden State Warrior victory, right? It's the same thing. Some just kid doing donuts or someone mm-hmm. doing donuts. And so you see someone doing donuts on the highway and someone doing donuts in a parking lot, and you're just going to tie the two together. I think, unfortunately, I think um, for something to actually come out and stop it all or take you know take a big step to stop all that nonsense is someone's going to have to get, eventually get hurt seriously um, before you know, police take measure to take it more seriously. Um, at least that's, those are my thoughts, you know. I feel like some kid is going to have to, like, run over someone and... I mean, it's possible to kill someone if you're doing stuff like that. Yeah, um, oh, I mean, it's hap- what's happening when people do street racing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because, you know, they started taking street race. I mean, street racing has been around since the hot, like, you know, forever, like the hot rods and stuff. But once like, someone dies or someone crashes, that's when they take it to the next level for, like, a couple months or a year. And then things die down again. It's uh, it's concerning because we're like in the heart of show season too, mm-hmm. and you're gonna start to see a lot of crazy cars on the road or getting mm-hmm. on the way there. So I wonder what happens to those cars because it's from what from what I'm seeing on Facebook and people posting up. It's like any anything that looks not stock, mm-hmm. which could be a car that comes that way stock. Yeah, it's gonna get pulled over. Anything with a big spoiler or a loud exhaust. In, in Cali or Texas too. In California, I'm seeing just normal oh, wow. cars, you know. Wow. Or if you, if you take a look at an extreme of like a Porsche GT2 that or yeah, 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 I've heard, I've heard a story of someone who had like a, is it F30 or F40s? Those new BMWs. Anyways, they had a sport, a sport package exhaust, and they got pulled over and ticketed for a sport exhaust and saying it was an aftermarket exhaust even though it came directly from the factory yeah. and has a button to push sport sport mode yeah and it's pretty crazy i mean cars are coming out now with carbon fiber wings yeah, you know yeah, yeah. from the factory so yeah. what are you gonna do there yeah it seems I, I just worry about it getting harder and harder for us to do this thing that we love to do just mm-hmm. modifying the cars yeah but I mean, if you could give advice to anybody, especially especially younger people, because it seems like the people that were at that meet where that guy, like the two cars crashed, mm-hmm. they're all younger kids that mm-hmm. want to just be sort of a part of this thing. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? I guess to preserve it for the long for the long haul for everybody. I mean, I'm not one to tell someone what to do, but if I could say anything, it'd probably be just, I mean, use your head, man. I mean. Yeah, it seems cool at the time, but you don't want to be that guy that ruins it for everybody. I mean, you might just be, it just might be one incident, but one incident turns into two, two turns into three, eventually becomes a norm, and then, you know, it all comes crashing down. But hopefully it doesn't come to that. Yeah. I know it seems like no one stops these things, too, before they they escalate. Yeah, just because, like I said, the power of social media, you know, the, the mob starts chaining mob... I mean, I can't, I can, I can't count how many times I've been somewhere in my car or at a stoplight, and someone says, yells out my window, "Light them up, light them up!" Trying to get me to burn out. Um, I have, I'm not gonna lie, I have gone to an empty parking lot where there was no one, with like two of my friends and done donuts just for my own purpose, like not 
for a crowd, but just to, you know, test the limits of my own car. Um, but would I ever do that at a car meet? Hell no. Like, I'm not endangering other people's lives. Not to mention, you put yourself in danger because if you hit someone or you hit someone's car, not only are you liable, you can go to jail for hurting someone, you know? Yeah, and I've seen that video of just like that truck that was rolling through probably something like mm -hmm. the Eatsley car meet that we have yeah. and just like destroyed the front end of four or five cars, mm -hmm. you know, people mm -hmm. acting stupid. Use your head, man. I mean, that's all I can say. You, do you look back on the car and you ever regret doing something on your Um, cars? I can honestly say I never fully regret. I'll question why I did it, but, you know, it's like different levels, you know, different forms. Like I put on, um, I got a set of wheels from, I'm not going to name the brand, but I got a set of wheels that were free to go show at Stance Nation at one point. Now I look back, I'm like, man, why did I put those wheels on my car? But it's a, it's a learning curve. You know, you're like, I didn't, you, I, I eventually learned, I didn't like how that looked on my car. That's mm -hmm. not the look I was going to go for. I wouldn't have known that unless I put them on, you know? But what do you think has been the biggest thing that you've learned just from working on the car? Uh, patience, man. Patience and time. Don't, like, don't go buy a set of wheels just because you're like, dang, I, wanna, I want a set of wheels. Buy what you really want, you know? Don't, I mean, again, I say that at the same time, it's, it's like I said, it's a learning curve. Maybe it does take you to buy a set of replica wheels to find out that you should have saved for um a set of te-37s you know i'm not saying buying that replica set is wrong because maybe that maybe you really deeply like those wheels and the tees don't come in that color tees don't come in that offset but at the end of the day you know just don't rush your build you know don't rush don't rush into something that you truly don't like. I think that's something that at least I learned from my uh, my dad in valuing certain things that that are like good mm -hmm. because he would uh, he would say like you know just don't get the thing that's just as good. Yeah. And, and for me like I hate that expression just as because like no I don't want the just as good thing I want that that yeah. thing mm -hmm. you know and that that thing being like a T thirty seven wheel. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that point of just like saving up to get the thing that you actually yeah, want. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like uh, do it right the first time. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here saying that, but you know, I'm a victim of jumping into things. But you know, it helped me learn that you know, like you said, you're asking me what would I tell someone. That's what I would say is like, don't rush into it. Take your time. That I wanted to get your perspective too on um, car modifying now because you're gonna have a baby soon mm -hmm. girlfriend, right october yeah yeah so congratulations for appreciate it yeah, man. Man. yeah but how does that how does that change things for you because i think that's something that concerns people mm -hmm. uh or would concern a partner that we have this hobby <laughs> that we spend significant amount of money on and yeah. how that plays into your role as sort of like a, a provider a caregiver that kind of thing um so my thoughts are First of all, shout out to XX2. That's my fiance and the future mother of my child. She, when she got with me, she knew I had a, she got with me when I, we got together when I had the 2002 Jetta. I had neon blue LED lights inside my car. I had the full plaid uh, headliner. I had, I had a double din sub, 
huge subwoofer in the back. Um, I want to use the term fuckboy so bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, 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 it's fair game, man. Fair game. But um, I thought it was the hottest shit. But she knew from the start that I was into cars. So it's like, I guess the way it plays, I mean, I can't really speak to what happens once you have a child just because my child's not here yet. And I did the going force induction was part of my reason why I did it when I did it because it's like I'm about to have a kid like I don't want to you know take that on that part of my car once I have my kid you know so I was like I guess maybe I won't say rush but it triggered me to jump into that before I had my child as far as having a child and still modifying I think you could I think the way I'm gonna do it is I'm gonna have her be a part of maintaining my car and and just learning about the the whole build itself you know because eventually i'd want to you know hand it down to her you know i want to teach her how to drive stick and stuff um i guess i look at my brother-in-law who has both of my nephews and one of them doesn't really care so much for cars um the uh, the younger one loves it but you know they i'm sure you've seen them i brought them to car meets and stuff but he he kind of put down his car hobby for a while before um before he had the kids but once he had the, the kids he i mean i didn't even know he was in the intersects he always told me he wanted one like and then came over one day and my nephew was like hey uncle pat there's a there's a race car in the garage i'm like what he's like there's a race car in the garage i go open the garage and there's a freaking na2 nsx in the garage and I mean, obviously, it didn't affect him much. You know, he's jumped back into it. I think as long as you're really passionate about cars, you can't really set it aside unless financially you res- you have to to be financially responsible. But I feel like most guys who modify cars already know that what it takes to do so. And you kind of, not purposely, but it kind of just happens to where you calculate it into the whole scheme of having you know a family i think it kind of just happened what does she say about it or i guess what did she first think oh what did she first think she she always you know obviously she was like man you're always spending money on your car you know but i always made sure that whatever i did to my car i could take care of my responsibilities at the same time you know i'm not here you know going stupid and not being able to put food on the table you know um that's a big thing make sure you could take care of your responsibilities first so she knows that, yeah, I might, you know, splurge on my car, but she knows at the same time, I'm gonna put food on the table.